This is L.A. Court Report, covering Southern California's boys' high school basketball scene, going to games, running events, hosting Zoom conversations, and now, the podcast. Welcome to the L.A. Court Report podcast. I'm Steve Wax, here with Brad Enright. And we're joined tonight by a group of guests, the entire St. Francis High School basketball staff led by Coach Wolfson. Coach Wolfson and staff, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Coach Wolfson, you're not alone tonight. Can you tell us who's with you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we have our, I have my varsity um, coaching staff on with me tonight, which is really, really cool for me because I haven't seen these guys all for a while. So it's cool to... Uh, to see him and, and, and be able to chat with him a little bit. Um, you know, we chat through text and phone, but to have them all here is kind of cool. But I have um, uh, four, four of my assistants, um, Alex Cambarian, um, who has been with me for a while, I actually coached um, him a long, long time ago. Um, so we have that connection from, from, from that. Um, and then Armando Avalar, who is um, our director of basketball operations, uh, Armando was with me at Chaminade, so I've, I've known Armando for, for a while now. He's, he was with me, I want to say, about four years there, um, so our connection is pretty good. And then um, Jason Weatherall, who's um, – everyone knows if you're a Pasadena guy, you know Jason Weatherall. He's, he's the Pasadena guy that, that I uh, made sure was on, a, was on my staff when I first got the job. Um, and then last but not least, Chris Acker, who is Chris Acker, his name and his reputation stand for themselves. No doubt. Coach Wolfson, you spent a lot of time on social media discussing the importance of good people, and you clearly are surrounded with good people. But let's talk about what is it that makes the people you surrounded yourself with so good for you and so good for the game and so good for the young men that you coach? Yeah, I mean, you said it, you hit it, you know, nail on the head. It's, it's hiring good people. And, you know, I think the first part of it is, is as a head coach, you know, you have to be humble. You have to be able to take criticism. You have to be able to respect not only your players, but your, but your staff. Um, and for me, I don't have much of an ego. So me giving up duties and me, you know, giving people to do things and trusting people is, is not hard, um, especially when you find the right people. Um, our staff is extremely unique. Um, we're very diverse. Um, you know, we, I, I, we, I divide up duties and things get done and I, I trust, trust these guys, um, and we live by our motto team first, I think, which was big. So, you know, a lot of these guys put their team before this team before themselves and sometimes their families and, and things like that. And it definitely shows, um, you know, and loyalty and, and, and no egos. And, and then lastly, I think we all like to have a lot of fun. So, um, you know, finding that, that in a staff and being able to be cohesive and have a good time. And, um, you know, I think the product on the court is fun to watch and, our staff is fun to be around and it, it definitely shows. Something interesting about your staff too, you're all generally in the same age range. Do you think it would be different to add someone to your staff that was much younger or much older? No, you know, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, I started coaching high school basketball at, at 22. So for me to be bossing around a, a 45 year old man or, you know, an older, an older gentleman or um, older coach was just, was just not going to happen for me at that age. So I kind of, you know, built my staff and built my kind of my circle and um, around guys that were my age, um, you know, and it's kind of, you know, 
from their continuity, it's kind of sticks. So I've had the same staff, you know, since I've been here. And, um, you know, I remember my first or second year I was at Chaminade. I was an eager, eager coach and went to coaching clinics and did all those things. And I'll never forget a coach, assistant coach by the name of Jerome Tang, who um, is an assistant at Baylor. Um, he was the first guy that talked. And all he talked about was find good people. Stop worrying about finding good X's and O's coaches. Just find good people, find guys that are loyal, and you will have the best staff and the best team. And it's, it's worked out. So I'd like to question the staff one by one. When Coach Wolfson talks about goodness, perhaps you can say something about the goodness of character that you share with your fellow coaches. So AK, what, when Coach Wolfson talks about goodness, when he talks about surrounding yourself with good people, can you talk about maybe something you've seen in your fellow coaches that makes you say, yes, that's an example of goodness? Uh, well, to start, and kind of like what Coach Wilson said, it starts at the top, you know, so just I'll, I'll say a little thing about Todd and shit. He's always thinking about us as a staff, right? Usually you think of the staff as uh, trying to do everything for the head coach and, you know, supporting that coach, but he supports all of us, right? He's always, uh, the guys might think this is funny, but they know I'm a big coffee guy. You know, we're in Sacramento on trips, you know, Todd's making sure I can get coffee before our first shoot around. You know what I mean? He's just always... um always looking out for us, whether it's having extra chargers taken into consideration, you know, mine and Mondo's commutes, whatever the case it is, he's, um, at, he's putting team first, right? He, he's, he's, he's using that or he's being the example, right? So then it's just, it's contagious. So we're all constantly, you know, Hey, how you doing? We're, we're constantly talking all the time. We're, um, uh, we're just about each other. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's contagious. You know, um, we all care about each other. We care about the game. We care about, our players and um, and it just works. It works very well. Thank you, Jason. Uh, I mean, I guess it's all going to kind of sound the same, but uh, in in thinking about goodness, I mean, it really it does start. I mean, I guess kind of cliche starts from the top, starts with leadership, and uh, and he really does kind of uh, you know permeate the entire program with goodness. I mean, makes it makes it, you know, makes it enjoyable. I mean, there are days where obviously we all have tough days or whatever, and he's just kind of there to be like, hey, man, you know, you're good, you know, you're all right, you know, that kind of thing. And and that goes a long way. I mean, uh, you know, it, coaching as a profession is very, very hard on any, any individual. And just knowing that someone who, you know, in this instance is kind of my boss, uh, really kind of cares about my well-being, uh, that makes a difference. You know, it carry, carries a lot of weight with me. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm glad you know, you're picking me third so I can jump on the cliches. Um, you know, we're, we're not able to do what we're, do, what we're able to do and, and, and kind of put our stamp in, in our versions of goodness. Uh, you know, I'm sure we could all define it differently. Um, it'd be relatively similar, but it allows us to kind of put, Todd allows us to put our stamp on goodness and what we perceive to be goodness. And so we are able to put our own little spin on it. And, you know, like I said, for instance, like an AK, like he said, with his coffee or, uh, you know, a coach Avalar who, who, who has two kids and lives out in the Valley and has to make these long drives every day. Like he, he's thinking about guys like that, but at the same time, he thinks about someone like myself who lives closest to the school out of anyone. Um, and, and I think it, it, it works from, from the top, to us as a staff, down to the kids as well. 
Uh, and I think we're very fortunate to kind of pass this, uh, this idea of goodness on to our, to our players. I agree. And Armando? Yeah, just like Chris just said, you know, um, goodness, it stems from the top. Um, I've known Todd for 12 years, and I, I can't think of one instance where he hasn't been good to me or to any of the coaches. I mean, we all joke around. We all have good days. We all have bad days. Um, even on my worst days, you know, he knows he knows when, when, when something's not clicking with me and, you know, he always takes the time to ask, like, hey, you know, everything good? Um, you know, I remember one time when I had foot surgery, you know, I had I, I was, you know, pretty scared and, and nervous. And next thing you know, I'm getting 12 text messages from varsity players, you know, hey, coach, good luck. We're thinking about you. And he's just an overall good guy. I mean, always looking out for the best. Um, and he brings out the best in us too. Um, as, as he touched on earlier, we're, we're a very, very diverse group. Um, you know, I, I don't see a lot of staffs who, um, you know, well, I, I wouldn't know, but, you know, together, you know, we, we make things happen, good things happen. And, um, as, as Chris said, you know, I'm a father of two and there was one time where, you know, two, two, three years ago when I, I just wanted to step away from coaching because I was the assistant freshman coach and it was just taking up all my time. I missed some, you know, Christmas recitals, uh, you know, and all those kind of stuff. So that stuff I couldn't get back. And I had a serious talk with Todd and I said, you know what, coach, um, I think it's time for me to just hang it up, man. I can't, I, I need to spend more time with my family. So he actually came up with the position for me to just stick around and handle the business side of stuff, you know, scheduling and, dishing out uniforms and permission slips and just easy stuff like that. And, you know, I fell in love with the scoreboard. So I, I'm pretty much the, the scoreboard guy for all three levels. If you're going to be good at one thing, make it <laughs> scoreboard. They'll keep coming back. So coach Wolfson, I want to challenge you a little bit, which is you mentioned the importance of surrounding yourself with good people. And I think everyone agrees, but let's say you had four or five assistants who didn't know the game, but were good people. Now that certainly doesn't apply to the group of people on this call. What does having a group of four or five who are good people that don't know the game allow you to do that having four or five who maybe have better basketball knowledge, but aren't invested the same way? What are you able to do with a less knowledgeable, but better character staff? That's a good question. You know, I think, <laughs> I'll go back to the, this might be the episode of cliches then. I think we're going to have to go there. But, uh, you know, it goes back to the culture. Like the guys on our staff, I want to hang out with them besides just coaching basketball. Like, you know, we, we, we go hang out and we spend a lot of time together. And, they, and I think the, the main part about that is the kids see it. So like they see good people. They see us getting along. They see us joking around. They see, you know, the stuff that we do and it and it trickles down to them. So that creates their culture. You know, I see a lot of staffs where, maybe the head coach is, is a, you know, dictator and he's telling guys what to do all the time. And it's, and there's a, there's not a, a sense of, you know, caring for each other and a sense of pride and a sense of loyalty and all that stuff. And then it permeates down to the kids, you know, or there's a sense of like, Hey, these guys don't get along or they don't see eye to eye and it permeates down to the kids. And I think with us, you know, having all the same, you know, guys that, that I trust and are loyal and don't have egos and are good people, you know, they see that I make plenty of mistakes and these guys never, you know, rub it in my face or, you know, there'll be times where bad things will happen. I'll, I'll, you know, make a play call to lose a game or something. And it's, you know, Hey coach, 
next time, you know, uh, you know, we'll get them next time. Hey, stuff like that. And it kind of permeates and the kids see that, you know, the kids, the kids definitely see that. And if we're not arguing and, and we're not getting along, you know, how can we, you know, force them to, to get along and how can we force them to, you know, do the right thing all the time. And knowing your staff the way I do, I know that they respond well to feedback. So if maybe an assistant gave a suggestion, which is going to happen that maybe doesn't work, how do you kind of sit down with that assistant and talk about this is what we're going to do the next time uh, without feelings being hurt, without stymieing their creativity and enthusiasm? Right. You know, so I think part of it is, and, and I'm not trying to say we do things better than anybody else, but I think part of it is I divide everything up by by person. Um, I mean, literally down to the T who, who holds the clipboard on the bench, who's charting timeouts, who's, you know, um, got the possession arrow, who's, I mean, literally every little detail I make sure is assigned. I make sure it's understood. I make sure everyone has their fair share of, of duties and responsibilities. Um, and then in the end, you know, I, I kind of tell them before each game we meet before every single game, you know, here's, what we're going to do. Here's our game plan. Here's what I'm thinking offensively. Here's our plan B on offense. If this doesn't work, here's our plan, you know, A, A, B, C, and D on defense. You know, it's all written down. So if our, if our two, three zone, we come out in is, is not working, you know, here's where, here's where we're going to next. If that doesn't work, here's where we're going to next. Now, sure. You know, being a basketball coach, you all know that sometimes those things change and sometimes you have to think on the fly, but you know, in the end, I'll take suggestions. I'll take plenty of them. And then it's, and the, in the end, it's on me to make those decisions on kind of what we want to do. And the best part about this staff is there's no egos. So there's times where all of these guys have given me suggestions and it's been, they've been great suggestions and I've used them and they've worked. There's also been times where they've made suggestions and maybe I haven't used them. Um, and, but in the end, they understand that it's, it's on me. Um, I'm the guy. And, you know, sometimes that, that feedback is, is, is not going to, I'm not going to take it, but I always, always appreciate it. And then my goal as a coach is to always go back and make sure I acknowledge their ideas, explain to them why I didn't want to do that decision, or maybe, Hey, you know what, gentlemen, I was wrong. Maybe we should have, I should have listened to, to you about doing this or that. And, and I think a lot of it just, it's just that ego thing and being humble and, you know, um, going back to that, just kind of being on the same page and, and, and building culture. Thanks for that answer. AK, one thing about your staff, it seems like no one says that's not my job. You simultaneously each seem to know what each other assistant's role is. Beyond what Coach Wolfson just said, how does that happen? Well, yeah, it definitely starts with Todd um, planning it out and, and dividing up responsibility, right? But then again, with the cohesiveness of the staff there, for example, you know, I, I do a lot of the defense for us, but I'm constantly talking to Acker and Jason and whoever it is about, you know, hey, how you like this? Or what do you think here? Or they're talking to me about it. It's just where, yeah, I might hold up the sign, but all of us, there's a lot of opinions that go into it, you know? And um, it, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's removing your ego, you know? It's just removing your ego. There's been times where um, actually, I think it was in the, uh, regional semifinal game against Oxnard where there were the, the two half court shots and one of them was my fault I wanted to go to a soft um a soft three-quarter court zone that we that we have in our pocket um you know with three seconds left and they're going the full length of the court and he takes one dribble goes right by our top defender and hits a half court shot and you know it was my idea but they just patted me on the butt and that's it we moved on to the next play and you know it's it's there's no we we, we do our best and it's hard because you know 
having an ego is very uh it's natural you know it's it's everyone has an ego but it, it's fighting it and it's um having the perspective and and the, the greater goal in mind and things like that and i think the staff just gets it and um and it works it just works having seen your team play last year i would completely agree now acker for our listeners everyone knows one thing about you, you love the Mission League. You're proud to be a Mission League product. You're proud to coach in the Mission League. Can you tell anyone listening who's not as familiar about the uniqueness of the league, from the coach of the home team greeting the visiting team coach to the absolute wars that you go through every night in the Mission League? I mean, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a true, I think more than anything, it's a respectful league. I think all the coaches have respect for each other from, you know, head coaches all the way down to the assistants. Um, you know, I, I, uh, how it is in other leagues, uh, you know, I've coached in other leagues and other places where, you know, it's just kind of, they show up on game day and that is what it is. And everyone goes their separate ways. I think with the mission league, it kind of feels like a, a fraternity all its own, maybe like how the big East back in the day used to feel um, that, that, I mean, that's what the mission league, it just, it's, it's special. We're, we're very lucky to be in this league. And uh, you know, if they were ever asked if we should join a different league, heck no. <laughs> Not a chance. Not, you know, we could be last place every year. We, we would want to be in this league because of how special it is. It's a great answer. And Jason, it's so clear that you have a cohesive group of players and you have a cohesive group of coaches. Which do you think came first? Haha, <laughs> chicken or the egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I as cliche as it sounds, I mean, it has to start from the top. It has to start with us as a staff. It has to start with our cohesiveness. It has to start with us being on the same page. Cause again, we can't preach this to kids and be inauthentic and, and them really trust us and believe in the things we're trying to teach them. And, you know, for us, basketball is basketball is the vehicle that we're teaching character. It's the vehicle that we're trying to really use to allow the the young men that we're in leadership of and servitude of. It, it's it's our opportunity to show them the right way in life. So I mean, they have to learn how to be someone's employee or someone's boss, or you know, start their own families or be a better person within their own family that they're part of uh, now. You know, so we have to do it in order for them to do it. So I think that's, that's probably, that's probably, you know, all of it in a nutshell for me. Jason, I think a good story, tell the story of your first day at practice, at at your first day (laughs) at St. Francis. I think that exemplifies it the best. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to join uh, the staff or not. So I went on a, a tour. Todd took me on a tour of the campus, which I had never been on the campus. Campus beautiful, obviously. Um, and it was the day of, I want to say like their second day of tryouts and they were trying to figure out, you know, who they're keeping, what they're doing, this, that, the other. So he takes me you know, through the campus. We come back into the gym, we go into the locker room. And as I walk in the locker room, I'm looking, I see, you know, I see Armando and I see a couple of our lower level coaches and I see names on the board. And as I scan around the room, I see Acker over in the corner. And Todd introduced, hey, this is Jason. You know, he's thinking about coming on with us, this, that, the other. And when I looked and saw Acker, and I saw a box of pizza, too. So they were, you know, they were sitting, making decisions, eating, 
which if anybody knows me, man, you, you want to make a quick decision with me? Let's eat. <laughs> so we walk in there. I see Acker and I'm like, yeah, th- this is going to this is going to be what I want to do. This is where I want to be. So, um, you know, and, and I knew Acker from years prior when I was a college coach and I had went to, uh, you know, uh, I went to tournaments that he had been a part of. So um, so it, it was really about, you know, having a, a friendship, kind of a, you know, like I say, cohesiveness with someone that I knew. That makes a lot of sense. And Armando, you're the only person on this call that was actually at St. Francis before Coach Wolfson was. What did you know he would bring to St. Francis and why? Um, I knew he'd bring energy and um, culture, you know, as, as he, he's always preaching culture. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand what that word really means. But culture just pretty much means, you know, going somewhere and just feeling welcomed, you know. Um, opponents come in, head coaches come come to our campus and, uh, you know, the first people that greet them are, are, are staff members, you know. Um, and even before uh, Coach Wolfson arrived on scene, um, you know, some of the administrators came up to me and asked me, hey, you know, what do you, what do you know about this guy? You know, aside from the fact that he's super tall, what, do you, what else do you know about him? And I said, well, you know, it, you, you look you look at that student section, that, you know, you guys go to the games at, at Chaminade, you go to that student section and, and you look across the way, you think, holy heck, you know, you're intimidated. And that's all because of, of what Todd does is he brings energy. He brings, you know, that fire to, to, to us. And then it trickles down onto the players. And so um, not only that, just motivation in general, you know, um, motivation to be better, um, better men, you know, a, a group of kids that, that we have, you know, on varsity and um, just, just to be leaders, you know, sometimes um you know, if one of our lead players is struggling, you know, there, there's other kids that look to try to help him. And I think that's what, you know, Todd brings to is, is that leadership. Thanks. And you mentioned Coach Wolfson's height. And so this is a great chance to ask Coach Wolfson, you don't spend a lot of time looking eye to eye with your players. You tend to tower over them. So how were you able to engineer such a perimeter oriented system over the last few years in St. Francis? a good question that's a good question um I think you know for us it's you know and for me it's always been like I want to have as much fun as possible um that is like my goal with my staff that's as, you know what I want to do you know life short your basketball playing career short you know I want to have as much fun as possible and I think we do that when the, we're outside those those you know for our court those brown lines um but when, when we're inside those brown lines it's all about mentality and it's all about you know it going hard and it's all about you know, being tough and having a chip on your shoulder and it's all about intensity and, and, and really, I mean, the thing we preach on the court more than is just playing hard. Um, you know, we don't care how small you are. It's, it's all about your attitude. You know, I've seen plenty of stories of smaller guards and smaller guys that do just as well on the basketball court. I mean, shoot, uh, Jaron Martin and Michael Ogine and Jordan Ogunderin taught me that from the start, you know, and it was definitely reinforced um, with those three that doesn't really matter how, how tall you are. Um, it's kind of that, you know, the, the, the heart and all that, you know, cliche stuff again. Um, but if you play hard and, and you're a good dude and you're a good person and you know, you do the right thing and you're not scared of contact and you'll, you'll play, like you'll find a spot on our roster and you'll get minutes. Um, you know, it goes back to the same. I don't really care 
how good you are to a certain extent. You know, uh, obviously we need a couple stars and we need a couple guys that can play. Um, but we also don't need five superstars. We need five guys that that really want to play hard and play the right way and share the ball and, um, you know, same as us, be humble and and accept coaching. Um, I think, you know, one of the stories, you know, we always talk about was, I want to say it was third round state last year. We, we played Heritage Christian. Um, and if you've seen our team play, we had a player last year who was pretty darn good. Um, his name is Andre Henry. He's at UC Irvine. He's a freshman and he's playing pretty well there. Um, but I think we were, it was like, we, we were down seven in like the first three minutes of the game. I mean, they came out guns blazing. Andre was asleep, Mr. Mr. Rebound didn't sprint back on defense. And I took him out. I mean, everyone's like looking at me like, well, what are you doing? You know, not our staff they know, but you know, like it was, it's the big game. This could be the end of our season, but you know, it just goes back to like, if you're not ready to play and you're not playing hard, we'll find, we'll find someone that does. And I think, you know, part of our staff is they understand that. And um, our team understands that. So we don't really care how small you are and we don't really care what your name is and how many Instagram likes you have and stuff like that. If you're, we just want you to play, just play hard and really, really good things will happen. And I think a lot of that was, was evident, you know, in our run we had last year. Going with that coach Wilson, what's the most important lesson you've learned from your staff? That there's like, I mean, it's going to, I, I, you know, it's going to go back to our, to our cliche thing, but like, you know, it all starts at the first question you asked me, but like having good people is, is the ultimate thing you want to surround yourself with. And, you know, that's the best part about them. And that's the most part. And that's the best part that I like. Like I, you know, if I, if I ever get married, these guys are, you know, going to be at my wedding, you know, and we hang out all the time off the court. It doesn't matter if it's on the court, it's off the court. Like I don't look at these guys as they work for me. Um, I, I work for them and that's the mentality that I've had is, is, you know, sure their paychecks and stuff and all that come from the school. And if I get fired, they get fired, but I, I work for them and, and they make my job easy. And, you know, I feel by showing them respect and doing the right thing on and off the court and giving them opportunity to coach. Um, you know, that's one of the things I learned from my first couple of years at Chaminade. I thought I was the greatest coach of all time and I did everything. You know, I coach offense, I coach defense, I planned the buses, I passed out the jerseys, I, you know, I did everything. And I had my assistant coach were kind of standing around like, great, you want to pay me to stand here, but I want to do something. Um, and then I've kind of grown as a coach to, you know what, I'm going to give them, you know, every job that they want to take on, you know, I'd love to give them and, and more. And, you know, the staff that I have takes on a lot of, a lot of the duties, you know, what I do and what we do as a program in a school, I could not do by myself. There's no way. And, you know, um, the best part about these guys is that the roles I've given them, they've taken them and they've, they've gone beyond what I've even could have imagined, you know, their roles could have been. Okay. I think just to jump in real quick, Steve, uh, I think a good thing that kind of exemplifies that, you know, if you know our staff, you know, AK is kind of the defensive coordinator of the group. I know Jason kind of offense and defense. I, I consider myself more of an offensive guy. When we're planning your guys' event down in Carlsbad, both AK and Jason couldn't make the trip. So it's just myself, Armando, and Todd. So suddenly, you know, my job from going, doing, you know, everything that I do during the game suddenly becomes, Chris, you need to call the defense now. And, you know, Todd had that faith and trust in me to do something like that that's different from my normal role. And thank God we actually won, so I didn't look like a complete bum. Um, but, you know, I know AK would have done a better job than I would have, but 
you know, it's not like he said, AK, you got to drop whatever you're doing. You've got to come to this game because we need you to call the defense. That's what you do. I don't trust anyone else. Todd had that trust in myself and anyone else to say, I trust Chris to call the defense. And the funny thing is there's a part in that game where I was doing my normal role. I was trying to talk to dudes about a small adjustment you need to make. And I hadn't called the defense yet. And Todd looks down the bench, goes, Chris, stop coaching and coach. Meaning stop doing what you normally do and call the dang defense. That's a fantastic anecdote. So Armando, what do you think the most important lesson you've learned from coach Wolfson is? Uh, again, you know, I'm going to use a quote, uh, you know, respect is not given it's earned. Um, you know, it just takes the time, you know, coach Wolfson is he'll, he'll welcome you with open arms, but you know, once he starts to gain that trust in you and respects you and, and you get that, you know, you, you respect them back. It's just, uh, like, like we've been talking all night, you know, it, it just trickles on down to everyone else. So, um, that's, that's just the biggest thing I, I can take away from this staff too, is that we all, at the end of the day, win or lose, we all respect each other. We all love each other. Um, you know, we all, we're all going to sit down and have a meal together as a staff, um, you know, just kind of unwind and talk about the game or, you know, what, what comes next. Um, and, you know, one solid example that I can remember is uh, I want to say it was last year's or you know, when we were up in Sacramento and we were at uh, William Jessup University, we we're playing uh, Clovis West, I believe, in, in the final. And uh, we ended up losing. So, you know, any other team, you know, and we, it was a pretty close game. You know, we were shutting down one of their best players. And, um, you know, unfortunately, things didn't go our way. So after the kids shook hands with, with the other team, they, they came back and, and without even us saying anything to them, they just started folding up the chairs because they saw one of the staff members coming out with the chair rack. And, you know, a, a senior was the one that said, hey, guys, come on, let's let's uh, help this guy out. And not only did they pick up, you know, our side of the bench, they also picked up the other side. So it's just respect, you know, in, in general. And, you know, our, our biggest rule on, on staff and, you know, and the team is if we're at a visitor's, Jim, you know, we're going to leave it cleaner than it was when we first got there, whether it's the locker room or the bench. And, you know, it's, it's just all about respect. There, one thing, one thing I will say we do is, is we, we all like to eat. So, um, you know, when I was raised in my family growing up is, you know, might be old school now, but we ate dinner every night together. Um, it didn't matter what time my dad got home from work. It didn't matter, you know, what we had going on. We ate dinner every night. And uh, that was, was big for our family because we got to sit and talk. And I think, I think we became closer as a family. And I pick, I picked that up and kind of translated it to, to our, you know, to coaching. Like we eat probably during the season, four to five meals a day, uh, a week together. You know, we have team meals. We're always eating together after games. We're eating together. You know, I'm always calling these guys. Hey, I'm picking up Subway. You want something? You know, it's always trying to eat together because that's when I feel you can kind of put everything away and sit down and just talk about life and what's going on and, and get kind of grow as a staff. Absolutely. And Acker, did you want to add anything to the story you told about the Carlsbad event? About what you've learned from Coach? Oh, Lincoln? yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, I think it's just, you know, Todd's the the third, or I mean, if you go back to college, the fourth coach I've worked for. And I don't think anyone cares more about the kids than Todd does. 
And, and it, it truly shows how much, and the kids will never understand it. And it's something that I've kind of learned and it's, it's brought my bond closer with the kids as well. Um, is, is just how much he truly cares. And there's been times where there's been a kid where it's just been like, Todd, you, you're spending way too much time. And the kid's just not, and he's like, no, I, I feel like a responsibility to, to try to help this kid in any way I can. And, and it benefited us, frankly, this past year. Uh, you know, I won't get into the stuff in the day to day of what happened with our program. Everything was good, but you know, uh, every, not every kid is goes through everything perfectly and swimmingly. And, and Todd took the extra step to, to take care of this player that we had, who ended up being a very big part of our team down the stretch and helped us win that state regional. Thanks for that. How about you, Jason? Biggest lesson you've learned from coach? I've learned that leadership is fun. Like leadership can be fun. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be a dredging, you know, type thing. Like some people think like, hey, being a leader of a group, being a boss, um, being a head of a family, like any of these things, some people may think like, oh, these things are, you know, you got to make tough decisions and you got to, you know, do those sorts of things. And yeah, those, those do come as you're, as you're doing what you're doing, but when you are working with someone who, you know, has a confidence and a capability to do what they're doing, um, the leadership aspect kind of takes over. And then you become, you know, a person that's getting things done. But then again, you are, you're being a good person and that kind of stuff is fun to be around. You know, it's fun to be around someone like that. It's fun to work with someone like that. It's fun for me to be a coach and I'm working with, you know, our players and, you know, I can trust that the person that, you know, is that I work with has my back and they can trust that I have their back. And when I'm working with the kid, we're doing what's best for the kid, you know, and that is fun. You know, that's fun. And, you know, from this past season, you know, this past season was really fun, but every season was fun. It just so happens that the winning and everything was the culmination of all those seasons where we were having fun and doing all the little things to get to where we got to. So leadership is fun. You know, I learned that. Thanks for that. And AK? That was, that was a great one, Jay. Just, you know, I really liked that one a lot. Um, but for me, but, uh, for sure, the, uh, the importance of culture and um, uh, that, you know, creating a culture, a successful culture, it's, it's a job, it's every day, it's, um, it's hard work. Um, and, uh, you know, it, you can't just, you can't just write, because obviously I'm sure you're familiar with the culture that Todd has created team first. Um, you can't just write that on the whiteboard and then, you know, that's it, walk away. No, you have to, you have to be it, right? You have to emulate it. So him going back to what we were talking about earlier, making sure this is another one that our phones are always charged, right? My phone is always dead and Todd always has an extra charger for me, you know, or if it's making sure that we've all eaten or, or we're going to be able to get to team meal or, or whatever the case would be, extra food is going to be um, uh, saved in the, in the little fridge that we have, you know, whatever the case is, it's uh, he, um, he's written it on the wall. He's put it in our gym. But he also does his best to, um, to take care of all of us and to be team first himself. So 
yeah, definitely, definitely culture. Fantastic. And Brad, I know you had a question. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Todd, I just want to commend you on your, your, your comment that you made about how you work for them as a head coach working for your assistants. I've, I've worked in a, for a lot of guys and I don't think any of them ever would have said that. I just don't think that's the mentality that they right. had. And that servant leadership is something that is, I think, lacking in a lot of people and a lot of coaches, not just head coaches, but a lot of coaches in this profession. So I commend you on that. I want to ask actually kind of a basketball question. It's a little bit of a, an odd one as we've talked about, and this is kind of goes for all of you guys. We've stated that you guys obviously play in the mission league, which is a really, really challenging league. And, you know, it can be kind of dominated by the top two or three teams kind of consistently. So it's really hard for, you know, for some people to ever win that league. What do you guys do to maybe keep the kids' spirits up when maybe they know maybe after a while the league's probably not going to – league is not going to be in the cards, but to keep them motivated and inspired for a playoff run like you guys had this past season when that regular season league success may not be there? Yeah, you know, we, we – uh, whether we stole, you know, Joel Embiid in the Sixers line um, – you know, to stay process focused, we always talk about process focused. That's one of our big things. Um, and just focus on our goals. You know, we set goals. We, we make them a couple that are pretty lofty, you know, win state championships and do things like that. And then we, we set other goals, you know, like win 15 games and have more fun than other teams and sing on the buses and, you know, stuff like that. Like those are our goals that we try to, you know, we try to do is like eat 40 meals together. Um, so we set a bunch of like goals that we can accomplish that aren't quite basketball related all the time. Um, and I think sometimes t teams, it's like championship or bust, championship or bust. Like you're, you're setting yourself up for disaster because one team is going to have that goal hit. Um, yeah, it's great to hit those. Um, but let's just stay focused on the goals we have, you know, um, like we had a goal a couple of years ago, which just was just be better than last year. And like, you know, we lost to, you know, um, team a by by 20 points last year well we lost them by six you know the, the, the following you know we're, we're getting better we see the progress um and things like that and i think that's that's the big part for us is just kind of keep that process and, and and stay focused and then the other the other part for us and, and every mission league team i feel like is you're gonna have up and down years in the mission league there's there's teams that that stay up top but there's also you know there's also teams that you know, uh, I feel like the ones that stay up top there, they have years where they're, where they're coming up and down, but you know, if you played in the mission league and you battled the mission league, you know, if you get a chance to go to the playoffs, you have a chance. Like, I don't care if you finished in the, in the sixth spot, you know, if you make it to the playoffs, you have a chance. And that's one of the things that I think that keeps us all, every coach in the mission league who does, you know, every, every single coach in the league does such a fantastic job. But I feel like we all have that thought of like, and we've all had bad seasons you know, we've all had teams where it just, it just, we just haven't had the greatest, um, you know, run in the mission league, but then you get to that point where it's like, okay, gentlemen, it's, it's, you know, Chris Acker calls all the time. It's like, this is our fourth season. You know, we, we, we have our preseason, we have our, our tournament season, we have our regular season, and now we have our playoff season, you know? So it's like, that's our last season to kind of compete where he always talks about it. We're zero and zero, we're zero and zero, you know, and, and it's kind of that, that, re, you know, re, renewed sense of like, we have a chance again. Yeah, I mean, I've I worked in the Texas Junior College League, and it was just like getting through, or the East Texas Junior College League, like just getting through that league set you up for postseason because 
the teams you played on a nightly basis were probably better than half the teams you're going to play in the postseason until you got to the later round. So no, for sure, for sure, and you know, it goes back to you know what with kind of what they discussed earlier is the mission league. You know, Chris talked about it. It's there's nothing like it. You know, you can call me a homer for you know saying oh you know you know oh well have you seen that that the, the, this league or have you seen this league and there's teams that are just as good they might be teams just as good but the level of coaches the level of schools the level the level of respect um you know the, the the type of like crowd crowds and atmospheres and you know that that happens in the mission league you know the, the other the other leagues i feel like just doesn't quite live up to the standards that we not only hold ourselves to but we hold each other to um, if there's an, an issue in our league, it's handled immediately. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's a ultimate respect we have for each other. Um, you know, light jump ball goes. And, and let me tell you, there's, you know, do I, do I love the coach across from me, you know, for that hour and a half, you know, I want to, I want to beat him, you know, but as soon as that, that final buzzer hits, you know, I'm going to go shake his hand and, you know, he's going to go shake mine and we're going to ask them if they need anything and we're going to take care of them. And, you know, we're going to make sure their players are taped up and, and, and they have ice going home and all that stuff. And that's just kind of what our league stands for. There's no, there's no fluff and there's no, you know, we are the best. It, it's very humble. And, and, and I'm very blessed to work with the, the gentleman that I, um, that, that I coach against in the mission league. I had one more question for the group, but before I ask, I'd like to ask if there are any questions from you, from any of you. doesn't look like there's any questions. So I'd like to ask you, Coach Wolfson, as a testament to the togetherness of your team, to talk about when Kai Glasson found out that he got into Penn, how that went. So that was a great story. Um, and an amazing kid, if you ever had a chance to meet or, or get a, get a, spend some time with Kai. But uh, Kai is a very, very smart brilliant young man um and has always dreamed about going to Penn that was like his dream school and um he literally would talk about it as an eight as as a ninth grader I remember him mentioning it on the tour as an eighth grader when he came on campus how he wanted to go to Penn that was his goal um and you know we always we always ask our freshmen you know hey where do you guys want to go to school and we kind of you know get that thought in their head and start to think about college and it was always Penn he wear Penn sweatshirts and and stuff like that and uh we had practice from three to 5 p.m. that day and he texted me the night before and said can I talk to you and called me and said coach I, I understand I know this is really hard I know we have a, a lot going on right now um, I find out at four o'clock on the dot if I get into Penn or not I get an email would you mind if I didn't come to practice and I was like yeah, I mind. You're going to come to practice and we're going to go with you at four o'clock and we're going to sit on your computer right behind you. And we'll, if we have to miss an hour of practice, we're going to miss an hour of practice and we're going to find out if you got into Penn. And I'm like, are you okay with that? And he goes, there's no people I'd rather be around whether I get in or I don't. And it was the coolest video. You know, I'm like, I got to, I got to record this. It's either going to be awesome because everyone's going to be cheering and going crazy for him, or it's going to be sad. I'm going to delete it right away. And thank God it was the, uh, the, the acceptance and uh, it's really cool because you can genuinely see the guys on our team like tears in their eyes and pure joy excitement for one of their teammates it was a really cool experience and my personal favorite aspect of that video is that Andre Henry who had numerous scholarship offers who was a D1 basketball player 
was as visibly excited as anyone else, including Kai, was yeah. in that video. And I think that's the real testament to the job that you all have done as a coaching staff to your program. And we thank you so much for your time tonight. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And thank, you know, thank you guys for what you do. And, you know, we're big believers in supporting coaching and, do, you know, basketball the right way and, you know, being a good person and, you know, not, not, not slandering coaches and people on Twitter and social media. And I think you guys do a fantastic, fantastic job of that. So I will always support, you know, what you guys are doing with LA Core Report. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the LA Court Report podcast, an LA Court Report production.